0: Well, let me just say that it is an honor to be back here with you this morning here in Watauga. As it's already been mentioned, I am the pastor of First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas. That is not to be confused with Scottsdale, Arizona. It's not to be confused with Fort Stockton, Texas. It is Stockdale, Texas. Let me just tell you a little bit about stockdale texas it is a small rural town about 45 minutes west of san antonio we have a population of around 1400 to 1600 people and i give it to you in that range because we've been growing but they haven't yet updated the population sign entering into the the town and so no one really knows how many people live there right but the good news is, is that we're moving up next year. This year, we're a 2A school. Next year, we're going to be a 3A school. So we're moving up a little bit in the world. Now, uh, as it's already been said, Pastor Dennis, he mentioned this last week, and, and Nathan mentioned it this morning. Pastor Dennis is, is preaching down there for me this morning. He may even be preaching at the same time as me right now. Uh, but you don't have to worry about Pastor Dennis because I gave him an easy passage to preach Alright Now some of y'all may remember When I was on staff here And I would fill the pulpit for him That's what he would say every time He got back from me filling the pulpit And uh, so anyways I just had to get him back this morning uh, By saying that But I, I'm thankful for Pastor Dennis I'm thankful for Nathan I'm thankful for Matthew and Billy I'm thankful for the Wataga Five band uh, All of whom have continued to partner with first ba- First Baptist Church Stockdale for God's kingdom purposes. and and that's really how I, I view this continued relationship with First Baptist Wataga. I see it as a partnership, not for our own kingdom's sake, but I see it as a partnership for God's kingdom. Now back in 2021 when when I was called to First Baptist Church stockdale, if if you remember, I didn't just leave First Baptist Watauga, you prayed for me, you prayed for my family and you sent us out to go and live on mission in Stockdale and so as we begin this morning I, I want to share just a, a few things that God has been doing over the last two and a half years that I've been in, in Stockdale because I want you to see and, and understand that First Baptist Watauga is, is a part of that. Because you are my sending church, the church that, that raised me up, the church that allowed for me to, to come here as a younger man in, in the ministry, growing in my calling. You're the church that, that celebrated with me in our successes, that encouraged me when, when, when things were low, that, that gave me grace when I messed up. And so I want you to, to see and understand that, that all that God is, is doing down in Stockdale, you are a part of that. And so I want you to see our success as your success, ultimately, so that we can turn our eyes back to the Lord that we might celebrate and rejoice in his success. Now, I arrived in Stockdale in 2021 following the the covid shutdowns and quarantines who remembers all of that mess right and so all of that it really hit first baptist church stockdale hard Uh, i've been told i did not see this with my own eyes but i've been told that that before i came uh, attendance on sunday mornings was running around 35 to 40 people consistently and pretty much every ministry in the church was shut down because of COVID. And so the only thing they had going on was their Sunday morning worship and their uh, Sunday school, which we also call growth groups down there now. And so uh, on my first Sunday there in July of 2021, if I remember correctly, we had about 85 or 86 people in in attendance. And so in August of 2021, we launched uh, a youth ministry. We relaunched our children's ministry on wednesday nights and and even more so even more importantly we launched a a prayer for revival service something that that we were doing here on tuesday nights we launched that on sunday nights there and i believe that y'all are doing that on sunday nights here and i encourage you to be a part of that and so we just began to faithfully serve the community we began to reach out to To families. We began to reach out to youth and children, and we began to pray for the lost. We began to pray for revival every Sunday night, and let me just tell you that we got to see God begin to move. Our children's ministry began to grow, averaging around 60 every Wednesday night. We just launched back uh, after the Christmas break. We restarted for the spring semester, and we had 55 children on Wednesday night for our children's choir. Our, our youth ministry began to average around 35 to, to 40 youth every Wednesday night. And so we were able to call a youth minister, Palmer Jones, who was here with you as well. And so I stole him and took him down there so he could be with me. And so he's doing a great job. And uh, and so we've been uh, in the process of building a new youth and children's building to accommodate for all the growth, an $850,000 building project, and and we ended 2023 having raised more than half of that, and on Friday of this week, they uh, they poured the, the foundation for that, and so it's just been exciting to see all of that happening. Our prayer is that we're going to be able to celebrate the completion of that Youth and Children's Building in August of this year, uh, which will coincide with our 150-year anniversary celebration. That's going to be in August of this year as well. And so uh, our youth and our children's ministries have been growing and, and all of that has, has spilt over into our Sunday mornings as well to the point that in the middle of 2023, we were averaging more than 200 in our service every Sunday morning. Yeah. Now. That was max capacity for us. That is max capacity for us. And so there were Sundays where I would come out of baptizing someone and I'd walk in and and I I wouldn't even have a place to sit. And I would just kind of have to awkwardly stand on the side until it was time for me to get up and preach. I don't need a chair through the whole service, but I do need a chair for part of the service. Right. And so uh, there were some Sundays that I didn't even have a chair. And and one Sunday, actually the Sunday before we moved to two services, uh, I had to... Uh, asked my wife and my son to move up to the balcony so that there would be room down below for a family that was visiting that Sunday. And so in October of 2023, we moved to two services so that we could provide room for more, room for more to come and hear the gospel, room for more to, uh, to receive salvation through Jesus Christ, for more lives and families to be transformed. And I believe that we're gonna continue to see growth in both of those services uh, this year. But even more than that, the most incredible thing that we've seen over the last two and a half years is salvations and baptisms. We have seen more lives transformed, more families changed, more salvations and baptisms than, than I've ever seen in such a short period of time in my entire life. And so uh, I, I'm happy to report to you this morning, my sending church, that in two and a half years, we have baptized 60 believers. Yeah. Seven of those were in my first year, 2021. We baptized 25 people in 2022 and 28 people in 2023. And and we know that God's not done moving yet. We already have eight that profess Christ at the end of 2023 that made commitments for baptism that we haven't even baptized them yet. And so it actually starting next week for the next four Sundays, we've got baptisms on the schedule. And so let me just thank you for your faithfulness to uh, train me, for your faithfulness to equip me, for your faithfulness to pray for me, and for your faithfulness to send me down to Stockdale and I would just ask that you continue to pray for me, continue to pray for my family, continue to pray for First Baptist Church Stockdale and the community of Stockdale that we might continue to see God move, that we might continue to see revival in our little community. So this weekend I've had the privilege to to spend Uh, Time with your youth here at First Baptist Watauga And we've been talking about a a word this weekend We've been talking about the word brave And there are many different things that might come to our mind As we think about that word brave And so I've offered a working definition for the youth For this word brave For what it means to be brave as a believer For what it means to be brave as a Christ follower And so I want to offer this working definition To you this morning as well being brave as a believer means having the willingness and the readiness to walk in obedience to God regardless of cost or circumstance. Let me say that again. Having, being brave as a believer means having the willingness and the readiness to walk in obedience to God regardless of cost or circumstance. Here's the reality. Following Christ has a cost. Sometimes that cost is being persecuted by the world, Sometimes that cost may be even put to death. We see that in other countries around the world, but but at the very minimum, following Christ means putting to death our sinful desires, putting to death our sinful nature that we might follow Christ obediently. Following Christ has a cost, and so if we're going to be brave as believers, if we're going to follow Christ bravely, it means having the willingness and the readiness to walk in obedience to God regardless of cost or circumstance. So on Friday night, we talked about being brave in our conversion. On Saturday afternoon, we talked about being brave in our confession. On Saturday night, last night, we talked about being brave in our calling. And this morning, we're going to talk about being brave in our commission. So if you have your Bibles, you can Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at verses 18 through 20 this morning. Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. Now the reason why I saved this passage for Sunday morning is because the Great Commission is not just for the youth. The Great Commission is not just for your youth pastor. The Great Commission is not just for your pastor if you are a believer, then the great commission is for you. The great commission is for all believers. The great commission is for the entire church. You are called to take the gospel. You are called to be faithful with the gospel. You are called to proclaim the gospel. The great commission is for you. Now, before we jump in our passage, I want to highlight what we see there in verse 17 just prior to our passage. Verse 17 says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now we see something here that's both real and raw, that encountering the resurrected Jesus might lead some to worship, but, but it could cause some to doubt. For those that began to worship, there was this level of certainty that, that not only had Jesus died, but that he had overcome death, that, that he had risen again. And here he was standing before them in, in completeness as, as the perfect and victorious savior. And so in their certainty, they began to worship him as Lord. And maybe that's where you find yourself today. You are certain of Jesus's resurrection. You are certain of his victory and you recognize that both his his death and his resurrection have made an eternal impact on you. You're certain of this. And so in your certainty today, as you're reminded of these truths, let me just ask that you would allow, allow the resurrected Jesus to fill your hearts with praise once again Uh, would you allow for your hearts to be filled with worship once again? But there were some that were there that doubted. It's not that they didn't want to believe, but they had seen Jesus crucified. They had seen his body placed in that tomb. Now the disciples, they had seen Jesus appear to them even after his death, but, but this is still such an amazing thing to grasp. And so I appreciate Matthew's desire to, to record the real and, and raw struggle that, that some were experiencing. Yes, the resurrected Jesus was standing there before them, but, but could this really be happening? Or was this too good to be true? And so while maybe, maybe they wanted to believe, they were still struggling with some of their doubts. But I want to what I want to point out about these disciples is that while there were some there that were struggling with these doubts they didn't remain in their doubts because following Jesus's command to them following Jesus's ascension we see that that many of them both scripture and history tell us that that they stood firm in their faith they proclaimed the resurrected jesus to the point that tradition tells us that that nearly every single one of them died for their faith and this is what i would say about that you don't die for something you doubt you don't die for something you doubt so while there may have been some doubts there may have been some that doubted there they didn't remain in their doubts. And maybe doubt is where you find yourself today. It's not that you don't want to believe, but, but you are just wrestling with the idea that God loved you enough to send, send Jesus into this world to die on the cross for you. And that Jesus did die and that he did rise again Maybe you feel like that's just too good to be true. And so today, if doubt is where you find yourself, if you're struggling with doubts, I would say that's okay, you're not alone. Even those that were faced with the resurrected Jesus experienced some doubts. But I would also say this, don't stay in your doubts. Don't stay in your doubts. Don't let your doubts prevent you from knowing And receiving the resurrected Jesus into your life Don't let your doubts prevent you from worshiping The the only one who has ever died and risen again for you Don't stay in your doubts Rather let me encourage you to, to hear God's word And let God's word take root in your heart Let it take root in your life That you might move beyond your doubts To a certainty of belief In the resurrected Jesus So with that in mind now, let's read this commission that Jesus has for the church. Beginning in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 28, it says, Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, as we look at this passage, I want to begin by highlighting that word go. Such a small word, that word go. And yet that small word can be a very scary word for us at times. And I believe that this word go can be scary for a couple of reasons. First, it can be scary because we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what's around the corner. So I shared this story with the, the students last night, but I wanna share it with you again this morning. Back when I was in first grade and living in Stockdale, that's right, if you didn't know this already, back in the 80s, my dad was the pastor of the same church that I'm the pastor of now. And so I lived in Stockdale for a few years as a child. and so when I was in first grade in Stockdale, they would have a carnival at the school during Halloween. And so they had turned the gym into a haunted house. And so my, my sisters and my sister and her friends, who were older than me, they convinced me to go into this haunted house with me how they convinced me I don't know but they convinced me to go into this haunted house with them and in order to get into this haunted house you had to crawl through a tunnel it was really just a a child's tunnel that you could purchase at Toys R Us rest in peace Toys R Us (laughs) but you had to crawl through this tunnel to get into the the haunted house and And my sister and her friends, who I said they were older than me, somehow they had me going in front of them. They had me leading the way. And as I get to the end of the tunnel, someone that was a part of the haunted house, they were looking around the corner and they kept barking at me. I was terrified. I was frozen in fear. And you know what my sister and her friends who were older than me were shouting at me? Go! To the point that that I was frozen in fear for so long, my sister and her friends, they just ended up crawling over me so that they could go through the haunted house. And uh, a teacher ended up coming uh, and getting me out of there. I have no idea what, what was in the rest of the haunted house. No desire to know never finish that. But that word go can be scary because we don't know what's around the corner and what's around the corner can be terrifying to us at times to the point that we just become frozen in fear. But that word go can also be scary because it means that we have to get out of our comfort. You know, when God called us out from Watauga to 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 move to Stockdale, while it seemed like an exciting adventure, and while we were certain of the call, we also knew that it meant we had to get out of our comfort. I had served on staff here with Dennis for nearly 11 years, and, and I served in many different capacities as the children's pastor, the youth pastor, the young adult pastor, the associate pastor. And so I knew this church I knew this community. I knew our yearly calendar of events. I knew every room in this building, and there are a lot of them. And so we were comfortable. But I want you to understand, God hasn't called us into comfort. God has called us into obedience. God hasn't called us into comfort. God has called us into obedience obedience, and if you're a believer, then then God has called you to obediently respond to this command to go, to go into all the world, making disciples of all nations. Now, God called my family to, to go to Stockdale, but that call to go may look different for each of you. Students, it could be that God is calling you to go into your school, to take the gospel to your friends that you might see a revival in your school adults it could be that God is calling you to take the gospel into your jobs to share the good news of Jesus with your coworkers that you might see revival in your workplace it could be that God's calling you to take the gospel into your neighborhood maybe even right next door to share the gospel with your neighbor that you might see revival on the street where you live. It could be that God is calling you to take the gospel to your family, to those who do not yet know and love the Lord, that you might see those come to know the Lord, that you might see revival in your own family. This call to go may look differently for us, but regardless of where God is calling you to go, God is certainly calling you to go because he gave us this commission right here in Matthew chapter 28. But understanding that this call to go can be scary for us at times, I want to give you three reasons why we can be brave in our commission. First, we can be brave in our commission because Jesus gave it with authority. How did Jesus start out this command? By saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We can be brave in our commission because Jesus gave it with authority. Understand, when when Jesus gave this command to the disciples, and even as he speaks this word into our lives today through his word, he does so with authority. And not just with any authority, he does so with all authority. He does so with a complete authority. He does so with the most superior authority because when Jesus speaks this command into our lives, he does so with the authority of God himself. And so recognizing the authority that Jesus has, let me just pause right here and ask, have you allowed Jesus to be the complete authority in your life? Have you allowed Jesus to be the superior authority in your life? In other words, as an individual, are you daily submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Are you daily allowing Jesus to be the guiding authority in your own life? And the answer to this question begins with salvation. This begins with recognizing that Jesus died and rose again and that you need to turn from your sins, that you need to confess him as the Lord of your life. This begins with salvation, but the answer to this question also goes beyond simply coming to Jesus for salvation. It's more than simply saying a prayer, walking an aisle, or getting baptized. All of those are important steps for following Jesus as Lord, but really those are just first steps. Much like when a a child begins to take their first steps, it's a, a joyful thing for parents as they watch their children take those first steps. But, but the desire from the parent is that the children will continue to take steps, that the movement forward doesn't suddenly stop. And This is true for us. Their first steps, when we give our life to Christ, when we say that prayer, when we walk the aisle, when we when we get baptized, all of these are first steps, but the movement forward shouldn't suddenly stop for us. We must continue to take steps forward, to submit to the Lordship of Christ. And so maybe you've taken those first steps of salvation, but are you continuing to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Are you daily submitting to his authority, laying aside your desires that you might surrender to his desires and listen if Jesus is the authority in your life and if you recognize that he has given this commission to you with his authority then what happens is that because this is his desire it begins to become our desire we begin to want to do this too and that takes some of the fear out of it Because no longer are we just doing something that we've been asked to do, now we're doing something that that we also desire to do ourselves because we know the one with authority has called us to do it. So we can be brave in our commission because Jesus gave it with authority. Second, we can be brave in our commission because Jesus is needed by all people. How did verse 19 begin? Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples Of all nations, not some nations, not some people, all nations, all people. We can be brave in our commission because Jesus is needed by all people. And I want you to know the gospel that we have been called to take is still changing people's lives. The gospel that we have been called to take is still transforming families lives. So I want to introduce you to a a girl by the name of Marley. Marley is a student in our student ministry in Stockdale. And when we moved to Stockdale in 2021, Marley was in seventh grade. Uh, My daughter Emily was in eighth grade. And so one day, uh, Emily and another girl from our student ministry, they were sitting at the table eating lunch when They saw Marley sitting at another table, eating her lunch by herself, sitting alone. Marley didn't have many friends then. So Emily and this other girl from our student ministry, they invited Marley over to sit with them and and they told her about their relationship with Jesus and they invited Marley to come to youth group with them on Wednesday nights. And so Marley, she, she thought it was a good idea, but... But she really didn't know if she'd be able to go Because her family didn't go to church And so on Wednesday nights Marley just started coming home with Emily from school And she'd hang out at our house in the afternoon Until it was time for church And Marley started coming to church on Wednesday nights and, And she continued to come on Wednesday nights And then she went to youth camp with us that summer And at youth camp Marley gave her life to Christ And so the conversation that I had with her mom at the the start of the school year, her mom said, well, Marley can get baptized, but I don't know if I will ever get her stepdad, Colby, to come to church with us. It's just not his thing. He's, He's not gonna come to church with us. And so I said, well, that's okay. Let's just keep praying. The gospel is bigger. God is bigger. So on the Sunday that Marley was baptized, Marley's family was there, including her stepdad, Colby. And and I was told that after the service, Colby went home and said, from now on, we are going to church every single Sunday. If we're in town, there's not gonna be a Sunday that we miss, and they have been here uh, every Sunday. They've been there every Sunday. And so then the conversation became, which let me go back a little bit. Because her family started coming consistently, Last year in 2023, I baptized Marley's two younger sisters. They both gave their life to Christ. And so then the conversation with Marley's mom became, well, Colby's never going to be one that's going to walk the aisle. He's never going to be one that's going to go up in front of the church and profess Christ as Lord. He's never going to be one to get in the baptistry And stand in front of everybody and do that, that's just never gonna happen. He's attending and that's great, but he's never gonna do any of the other stuff. And I said, well, that's okay. We're just gonna keep praying because the gospel is bigger, God is bigger. And so I'm happy to report to you that on Christmas Eve Sunday of this last year, Colby, who was sitting in the balcony, the furthest away from everybody, back row of the balcony, Colby made that long walk all the way down the aisle, And he stood in front of the church and he told me when he came, he said, I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want to get baptized and I want this to be our official church family. Yeah, y'all can clap. Go for it. (laughs) And so I get to baptize Colby uh, in just a couple of weeks. It's going to be an exciting morning. And so I share this with all of you because sometimes when we think about this command to share Jesus with all nations, sometimes we think about it in grand terms. Like I have to go to another country in order to share the gospel. And of course that can be scary. But I want you to know this call is for all people. It's for the people in other countries, but it's also For people in our communities. It's even for the girl sitting alone at that lunch table. The girl that didn't have many friends. It's for her too. Jesus is needed by all people. And when we are willing to get out of our comfort to take the gospel to all people. When we are willing to be brave in our commission, we get to see God do some pretty incredible things. We get to see God save the girl at the lunch table and we get to see God save her entire family as well. So we can be brave in our commission because Jesus gave it with authority. We can be brave in our commission because Jesus is needed by all people. Finally, this morning, we can be brave in our commission because Jesus promised to be with us. So look at verse 20 again. It says, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. We can be brave in our commission because Jesus promised to be with us. So on the last day of school before Christmas break, the elementary school had Christmas parties in all of their classrooms and parents were allowed to go up to that. And so Ethan, my son, he asked me if I would come up to his Christmas party and And I agreed, and so I broke away from my work in the office at the church, and I went up to the Christmas party. And truth be told, I really didn't do anything at the Christmas party. I was just kind of standing on the side, and really, that's what most of the parents were doing. We were just kind of standing on the side, watching our children have fun and talk with their friends and eat some of those Christmas treats. And as I stood there thinking to myself, I'm really not doing anything by being here. I was reminded that the most important thing for Ethan was for him to simply know that I was present. As Jesus says these words here, I am with you always. He's simply saying to us, I'm present. And while my presence didn't really do anything for Ethan's Christmas party, Jesus's presence does a whole lot for us because his presence equips us, his presence empowers us, his presence emboldens us to accomplish this very command that he has given to us. And so in in moments where we may feel alone or or when we may feel afraid in this commission, I I want you to hear these words from Jesus spoken into your heart and into your spirit. I'm present. You are not alone alone. Jesus is with you. And as you're reminded of his presence, take that next step to walk in obedience to this commission. Take that next step to share the gospel with those around you. We can be brave in our commission because Jesus gave it with authority. We can be brave in our commission because Jesus is needed by all people. And we can be brave in our commission because Jesus promised to be with us. But listen, before you can be brave in the commission to share the gospel, first you must surrender to the gospel. First, you must confess Jesus as your Lord. And if you've never done that, then I wanna give you the opportunity to do that this morning. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite the band back up here so that we can get ready for our invitation. In just a second, we're gonna sing another song. And as we sing this song, this is gonna be your opportunity to respond this morning. And if you're here today and you would say, I've heard the gospel, I've heard that Jesus has died and rose again. And he did that for me to forgive me of my sins, to save my soul. If you're here and you've heard the gospel, but you've never surrendered to the gospel, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you, then I would invite you to do that this morning. I'm going to be standing right down front. Nathan will be up here as well. You can come and talk with us and pray with us. Today, you can surrender to the gospel and the gospel can change your life. Now, maybe you're here and you would say, I've already done that, I've made that commitment, but maybe you've never taken that next step to make your faith in Christ public through baptism. We don't believe that baptism saves us, but we do believe it's something that God has called every single believer to do. And so if you need to make that commitment for baptism this morning, I would invite you to respond as well. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you, make that commitment with you today. Maybe you're here and you would say, I- I've given my life to Christ, I've been baptized already, I've been visiting First Baptist Watauga, and I know that God's calling me to make this my church home to become a member of this church body. Listen, not only was I on staff here for 11 years, I was also a member here for 11 years. It's a good church to be a part of. And so if God's calling you to become a member here, at First Baptist Watauga, then I would invite you to respond as well. But whatever it is that God's calling you to do this morning, I would invite you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now? Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Dear loving Father, God, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word, for the power of the gospel, the gospel that is changing lives. I pray, Lord, here uh, that, that if there's anyone here today, God, that, that their life has not yet been changed by the gospel. I pray, Lord, that their life would be changed by the gospel this morning, Lord, that, that their life would be changed by your spirit this morning. Lord, that they would confess you as Savior and Lord. Whatever it is that you want to do in this place this morning, just as you've already been moving this entire weekend in the lives of the students, Lord, we give you free reign to, to move in this place right now. Lord, you already have that free reign, but we simply submit to that and recognize that. And so, Lord, would you move in this place as we sing? Lord, we love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to a Sunday morning message from our services here at First Baptist Watauga. Our family's mission is to exalt the Savior, equip the saints, and evangelize the lost. If you want to know more about First Baptist Wataga or need to reach out to us for prayer, go to fbcwataga.org and let us know. In all things, to God be the glory, honor, and praise.